Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Aloha. Hello and welcome. We're back from theballerlifestyle.com. It's the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. My name is Brian Beckner. Thank you for joining us. Episode 379 of the show. Thank you for being a part of our universe. Just so you know, if you're listening and you are not a Red Circle subscriber, you're not subscribing to our premium content, you're only getting most of the show. You get about roughly first hour or so of the show, and then anything over that, you got to be a subscriber. And you'll also get the show with no commercials if you do that. So go. you can click the link in the show notes of the episode you're listening to right now. Subscribe to our Red Circle page. It's $5 a month or $50 a year and get all the content plus the bonus content that we do there, the extra shows, a couple's, a couple therapies, which is the sex and relationship show I do with my girlfriend Cheyenne that goes behind the paywall. So if you want to hear that, it's pretty good. It's just a little more loose of a show because I'm usually drunk. And so is she when we record them. So it's kind of fun. Uh, there's just more extra stuff I do there with Ed, extra bonus material. All goes on our Red Circle page. Subscribe there if you are so inclined. Otherwise, just enjoy the free stuff that you get. Uh, if you would like to reach out, you can do so via the email address, mailbag at theballerlifestyle.com. You can also call us and leave us a voicemail. 949-464-8257 TBLS is the number. Please make us make yourself known to us. We would love to hear from you. Uh, a couple things. So this week we recorded because it was Independence Day. I hope everyone had a safe Independence Day. I hope everyone maintained all their appendages and digits. I've heard some horrible stories about things that have happened this 4th of July and on others. So hopefully everybody was safe this weekend. Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought there for a second. Uh, so we pre-recorded a show because Ed's on vacation. He's touring the southern United States with his family in a vehicle, a, a la Clark Griswold. So thoughts and prayers to Ed for being in a vehicle with children for long periods of time. Never easy, but good dad moment, good memories being made there. Uh, so we, we had our friend Caleb Wilson join us to record a review of the movie Independence Day for Independence Day and Independence Day. Much worse movie than I remembered. And I, th- and I think I probably say something during the episode about how. We were going through 
you know, I, we, we knew we had to bank some episodes. So I was like, Hey, let's, you know, what's free on the, on the different, different streaming services right now. And there was a bunch of them. One of them was Scarface, which is a horrible movie. You might, if you haven't seen it in a long time, you probably think it's cool. You're remembering it as a young person watching it. Watch it now. It's bad. But I was like, that would be a good movie to do. And so I looked at it and I was like, oh, what the fuck? It's like two and a half hours long. Or I knew that. I knew it was a long movie. It might even be longer. And I was like, no, we can't do that. And then there were uh, there were other good choices. I don't want to like get everybody mad at me for the other ones we could have picked. But there were other options that we didn't choose. So instead... I decided this one's on me. Some of these are not on me. Like the time we did Armageddon, that one was on Ed daily, but this one's on me. And the, at the time we did Howard, the duck, that one's on friend of the show, Telly two putt and Jason Stewart. That one's not on me. Neither of those are on me. This one's on me. I was like kind of looking down the list and I'm like, Oh, we could do independence day. It's 4th of July. It's going to be run around 4th of July. So it's topical sort of. And it's an action movie, so it can't be that long. Plus, you can fast forward through all the action sequences. Dude, it's like two hours and 15 minutes. It's so long and so boring and so terrible. But, I mean, us making fun of it is not. I did see this week, though, that they that Budweiser busted out a very timely campaign. Oh, jumped the gun. Of Bill Pullman, who plays the president, of course. Bill Pullman, a.k.a. Budget, Bill, who's the guy that died that was an Aliens that played Chet? Paxton. Budget Bill Paxton plays the president in Independence Day. And Budweiser, out of nowhere, busted out, made a campaign this Independence Day of him, like, recreating the speech that he does in that movie. And I was like, who remembers that? I didn't remember. Like I, when I saw it, I was like, Oh, right. This happened the first time I saw this movie in 1996. And now I'm seeing it again. And he's doing it again. Like who gives a fuck? But apparently Budweiser did for the 25th anniversary of independence day. They had Bill Pullman Recreate? Is it even the same speech? Here it is. Good afternoon. In less than a week, we hope to fire up our grills and launch one of the biggest Fourth of July celebrations in the history of the United States. What? Bill Pullman got old. Holy shit! I, this is the first I've seen it. I didn't watch it, but I just thought of it right now. I thought maybe it would be. How old is Bill? How, wait, hold on. Always kind of a bummer when people get old, like Bill Pullman. You haven't seen him in a while. So you're like, oh, he's still the guy from Independence Day. No, he's a real, he's some old bastard that also happened to used to be the guy from Independence Day. 
And it's, and here's the problem. He got the old, he doesn't, you know, he's an actor. So he's not that bad looking. You know, he's a, he's a handsome looking older guy, but he got the old guy voice. Do you hear that? Let's hear it again. The United States. Those words have new meaning for us all today. Is he doing a character? Is he doing like an old guy character? Holy shit. He sounds old as fuck. Great head of hair. I, I don't see any plug work, although he could have, you know, they're, they're, these guys are getting good at it. The power alleys could have been filled in and they leave like a nice natural recede in there these days. So tough to know for sure. It looks pretty good, though. He always had good hair. And whether you drive a pickup or a hybrid, you live in the heartland or on the coast. Hybrid? Mispronunciations is a real old guy thing, too. Hybrid? Whether you drive a truck or a hybrid? the fuck out of here this guy is old or whether you pronounce it america or america we're all americans randomly they do randomly they do a, a snap of a um of an rv in the desert which i think is supposed to harken back to randy quaid's characters stomping around the post-apocalyptic desert for no reason with a dying kid in the original independence day but you look at it now and you're like oh it's Walter White's there when Jesse Pinkman's being annoying. You know, it doesn't really, it's got a, there's a new zeitgeisty RV and that the Independence Day never was one. There's nothing memorable about Independence Day other than when they blew up the White House. So do that. So we'll remember it. Seldom on the same page, but reading from the same book on holidays. Anyway, perhaps it's fate. That this 4th of July, we got to once again come together to lend a hand to those less fortunate whose fate still lies in the balance. This, this Budweiser commercial, commercial also imagines a world where the president speaks and everybody's like, oh, in awe. Like, oh, Mr. President, the president's saying some shit. I mean, whoever the president is, 75% of the people hate his guts. Doesn't matter which party. The fact that there are two parties is ridiculous. That's that's how you know you're being sold a bill of goods. We're fighting for freedom for all, not from alien in Vegas. From alien in Vegas, this guy's barely odd, barely under, understandable. They're doing some Area Fifty One shit here. This is very. Who's the agency for Budweiser? This is a weak campaign, in my opinion. From separate, very, very on the nose. From being cooped up while baking bread and ignoring basic hygiene. The time has come for us to get fresh. I've only just now realized that this is a COVID. This is COVID related, which again, nobody wants to hear about COVID. And you know, he's serious because his tie is loosened. His tie is loosened. And he has like a, um, he has like his action leather jacket on. Cause he was a, he was a fighter pilot in the, in the first in independence day, which this commercial apparently is a sequel to. And you know, a president means business, you know, they're going down to like Katrina to like where a hurricane was happening or they're going to ground zero or whatever. When they throw that leather jacket on, you can't wear a fucking suit jacket to that shit. You got to wear an action coat. Everybody knows that. Gather the crew and eat veggie and meat burgers till we sweat. And then 
Let's work together towards a future where everyone can come to the party. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will fill the sky with so much light and freedom. This thing will rue the day it ever messed with us. This is so stupid, too, because the whole, like, like, I get that it's parody or whatever. The whole, like, jingoistic thing where they're like, let's make the 4th of July not just an American holiday. Calm the fuck down. This is like when the NFL goes to London once a season, when they send the Jags and the Bengals to play in London, and the, and England doesn't give a shit. Why should they give a shit? Like, why, why, why do we think we need to export American football? They don't care. The only people that go to the games are expats. Get the fuck out of here with it. And then you see, and then everybody wears their jersey like not of the teams because nobody's a fan of any of the teams that go, at least not worldwide. And you know they want to put it. They want to put a franchise there like permanently in London or Mexico City. Get the fuck. Just it's enough, guys. It's enough. Football gives you brain damage. Everybody knows that. Together. We celebrate our Independence Day. Bill Pullman's also got veneer whistles. Sometimes when people get fake teeth, they're like, through their teeth. I kind of do it because I got some, I busted my teeth when I was younger. I got some fake teeth in the front and it's like, got some bullshit fake teeth, but it's not as bad because I've had them for a while. His might, he's so fucking old. It might be denture whistle. Where it's like glued, he's using the, whatever, that glue and stuff, that the gum that like sticks it to your gums. Do they even do dentures anymore? Now they have those bolt-in teeth. So I imagine dentures are going the way of the dodo, but who knows? Imagine people going outside like time in Times Square and shit to watch the president's speech. And also this, the lady... That's guarding area 51 has a tear streaming down her cheek. Like, am I supposed to be laughing? I don't even get it. Is this supposed to, is this supposed to tug at my heartstrings? It's confusing. Go forth, America. And it's a pun. Is that what it's called? He says, go forth, America. And it's the, and it's fourth F O U R T H. Go forth, America. Get it? And then it's like a vaccine. Go, go join us in supporting vaccine access everywhere in partnership with Direct Relief. As far as I know, vaccines are available everywhere. You know what's not available everywhere in this country? Clean water. Think about that. It's, it's 2021. And sure, get hard for vaccinations. I don't care. That's a thing. Be excited about that. But how about be excited about other things like people that have poison water pumped into their homes or people that don't have access to water. They have to have it delivered. They have to call a guy. Can you bring me water? I would like to bathe today. I would like to wash my ball sack. Can you deliver me some water, please? Next week, I'll wash my balls next week. Think about that. 
Think about things that that are. I mean, Budweiser do when does when there's uh, when there's a disaster. They do can water in their facilities and send it over, which is great. But if we're gonna if we're gonna get all if we're gonna do an expensive commercial campaign to promote vaccine uses and it's beer, which is like, you know, is there a liver vaccine that we can also promote? How about promoting drinking less beer? I know I would benefit from that. It's not, you know, hey, pot, you're bl- it's me, kettle. You're black. Get it? So I don't know. I'm I'm I, I'm gonna go hardcore thumbs down on this commercial, just like I did with the with the actual movie that it's based on. I'm glad Pol- Bill Pullman got a gig. Although I see here when I looked up, oh, did I say his age? December seventeenth, nineteen fifty three. He's sixty seven. As we speak, he looks about it. I wouldn't say he looks older than that, but he's just he just got old. Also, it's always funny because you're like, oh, this guy hasn't worked in forever. I looked up, I randomly, I thought of Maria Bello the other day and I felt bad for her because she was so hot, right? She was so sexy and all those things. And you're like, oh, that sucks. Like she's, she was so hot and now she doesn't work anymore and that's not fair. And then, so then I looked her up her IMDb and she's been on NCIS for like five seasons. She probably makes $5 million. Like everybody's, all those people that you forgot about, they still have jobs. You just, they're just on things you've never seen. Well, Bill Pullman's on something called, been on something called the Sinner Harry Ambrose Oh, no, it's his character's probably called Harry Ambrose, the sinner since 2017. So he's he works. Good for him. He's got a job. He's gotten a little old. He's got the old man voice. And he's got the, what are those things called? Denture whistle. But other, and he's got the leather jacket, but he probably made half a million dollars for that commercial. Straight up, maybe more. Since it's an iconic character, he might've played hardball because they couldn't have done the campaign without him. They would have had to pivot to their second choice. So good for him. Get that money. Bill Pullman budget, Bill Paxton. Another thing people were hitting me up with this week, this prison guard that got, she got fired because she was fucking the inmates. Hot. You don't guys don't send me shit like this. It's, it gives me feelings. It's too dirty. California prison guard sentenced for having sex with inmate in view of other prisoners, quote, depraved. Well, I mean, I would argue that it's it's common biology, physiology. I don't know. It's one of those. It's it's human nature. People want to fuck. Tina Gonzalez, twenty six. There's a, there's an issue right there. How are you going to hire a prison guard called Tina Gonzalez? Tina Gonzalez will have sex with you. That's all I'll say. You you know, if you want to, if you want a, a prison guard that's not going to have sex with the inmates, get you a, a Beth Simpkins. Beth Simpkins will play it down the middle. She's going to, she's going to not have sex with the inmates. Tina Gonzalez. That's a hot girl's name. Sorry. Tina Gonzalez, 26 took responsibility for her crimes at the Fresno. Jesus Fresno County jail. Just like three words right there. This is like the three saddest words in the history of language. Fresno County jail, like Fresno in itself is a, is a, prison sentence. Hey, what do you, where are you going for your family reunion? Fresno. Ah, oh, sorry. Then you're in the jail there. That can't be good. You're working in the jail there. That means you live in Fresno or adjacent an adjacent city, Modesto. 
the the San Joaquin Valley, still not good, but also had been made vulnerable by the recent end of her marriage. Of course, her attorney said, yes, you know, she's going through a hard time. She's, um, look, this, this chick's like, I don't know. It's just, it's hard to tell from this picture. She's not bad looking. That said, she's like an 11 in a prison. These, these, these men don't see a woman for 10 years or more. All of a sudden, some, some, a pretty hot chick with a, with good highlights comes in and, and drawn on eyebrows and lip liner. Looks like she could have like a little bronzer on too. Like these guys are going to be into this. There's not a full body shot, so I don't know. It's her mugshot. A California corrections officer who had sex with an inmate in full view of 11 others. Come on, I've had this dream. I've had this dream. Will serve 210 days locked up, followed by two years of probation. That's not even that bad. She'll get out. The, The jails are crowded. She'll get out in 90 days, guaranteed. Maybe quicker. The sentence delivered Tuesday by some judge in Fresno followed testimony by Assistant Sheriff Steve McComas, who said the actions of the former county jail guard, Tina Gonzalez, or something only a depraved mind, hands raised. My hand's way up. Not the hand with the mechanical pencil. That's my left hand. My right hand is in the air. Tina Gonzalez, where something only a depraved mind could come up with. Hold on, there's a pop-up in the way. According to Fresno TV station KSEE, the sheriff's office began to investigate after staff members were tipped in December 2019 to a county jail inmate inmate with a cell phone who was said to be in a sexual relationship with the officer. They all have cell phones. You know how they get them from the off from the jail guards, the COs. The COs are they're also in jail. Yeah, they're making 17 bucks an hour plus overtime. They're in a union. They got a pension. Sure. They're still in jail. Also, the job they could get is jail guard. Do you think they're that much different than the inmate? No. The answer is no. Uh, The sheriff's off. Oh, cell phone. Uh, A search of the inmate cell turned up the phone and Gonzalez quit the sheriff's office after being interviewed by detectives. Oh, yeah. She's like, I'm fucking out of here. Problem is she's in Fresno. Hard to get out of Fresno. Gonzalez, 26 pleaded no contest pleaded or pled it's pleaded no contest to a felony count of sexual activity by a detention facility employee with a consenting confined adult again that's like the name of the porno right this is a porno plot consenting confined adult a a felony count of possession of drugs or an alcoholic beverage in a jail facility yeah they the this you seen the wire remember that one not d'angelo Avon had that one jail cop, the guard, bringing in all the drugs. Like, that's how it works. They bribe them. It's the same way drugs get across the border. Bribes. You know, these jobs don't pay enough. It's, they're going to take bribes. That's how it works. And a misdemeanor count of possession of a cellular device with, device with intent to deliver to an inmate. Like I said, that's how they get them. McComas elaborated on the allegations in court saying an investigation showed not only that Gonzalez had sex with the inmate, 
but she also gave the inmate razors, yo razor, a potential weapon behind bars and told him when officers would inspect his cell. That's when they start passing shit around. I had a friend that was a, that was incarcerated in another country for an extended period of time. And he's a, he's an industrious dude. He, he was running the bookmaking operation in the jail and the, the way that they would, the, what stood for money, kind of like poker chips in the jail. You obviously can't have poker chips, but they could smoke. They could have cigarettes or maybe they couldn't. I don't know, but cigarettes or packs of cigarettes. I'm not sure. I think it just might've been individual cigarettes. I don't, I don't see him that often. I haven't seen him in a few years, but I'll, I'll get more details next time. He would have to like pass, like when this, when he found out that the inspection was coming, because again, he probably was paying dudes off when they were going to come inspect his cell, he would have to pass around the cigarettes to different cells. So while they were searching his, there would be no cigarettes in there. And then he would collect the cigarettes back after it's kind of like that. Gonzalez also allegedly cut a hole in her uniform to make sex with the inmate easier. And her actions were witnessed by 11 other inmates. This is like Bunny Lebowski. I'll suck your cock for $1,000. Brant can't watch her. He's got to pay a hundred. I'm sure the 11 dudes need needed to chip in or... They were like his homies. And he's like, hey, I'll do you solid. Did they go between the bars? Because that's how it goes in pornos. The, the, the guard or the inmate, depending, will put her butt up to the bars. And the guy, you know, he's long enough to get in between there. I don't know. It's This seems like a victimless crime. Look. Jail is bullshit. The idea of jail is bullshit. It's warehousing human beings. It's done to a, an extreme degree in this country for the benefit of corporations, just like everything else. So, sure. Hey, there are people that should not intermingle with the regular populace. But there are also people that get into the system young they're disadvantaged. And once you're in the system, it's hard as fuck to get out of the system. And before you know it, you're fucking a hot prison guard through her, through the slit, cutting the crotch of her Dickie's uniform. Very hot. Victimless crime. Sorry for you, Tina. Hey, let's bang out some, uh, let's bang out some voicemails and then an email or two. And then, um, then you guys can listen to the Movie review, you, it's because I've talked so long here in the beginning. If you're not a Red Circle subscriber, you're not going to get the whole movie review. And that's just all there is to it. Just, you know, pay that five bucks and then you get the whole thing. All right, let's do some voicemails. He's so easy to hate. Your time he likes to waste. His calls are far from great. His calls are far from great. He's such a stupid fuck. He seems down on his luck. His voicemails really suck. 
his voicemails really suck. No one's enjoying him. He's so annoying. Plus, so fucking boring and worthless. But he's got nothing else to do. And he's even worse than Ish. 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 What's up with my man Ish? Ish got bullied away from the show. Also, somebody that used to be on the show, Ish was a fan of. So maybe he's like, he's like. Holding it down for her like a bitch, like a few other bitches that used to listen to the show. Like seriously, are you guys kidding? You're gonna you're gonna leave me a, a negative iTunes review and then say you're not gonna listen to the show anymore because you heard a, an unsubstantiated rumor about the host of the show. You're a bitch. That's it. You're a bitch. No disrespect to to my female listeners who are not bitches. They're Beautiful queens, all of them. Uh, okay, let's do a voicemail. Brian Beck, Eddie D. You recognize the voice? That's our man, Manuel. Great caller. Oh, he's used the full three minutes. Let's see where he goes. For those not for those not caught up, we had a we had a serious debate on this show. Started well, not really a debate. It's only a debate for Manuel. Manuel hates Chipotle. Put, add that to the list of things he hates, along with disabled drivers, Teslas, BMWs, mini bikes, people that drive too fast, uh, uh, homeless people, the unhoused. He's got a lot of he's got a lot of rants. That's why we like him. So he's he stands Taco Bell and he hates Chipotle. So let's see what he's got to say about Taco Bell. Happy Independence Day to y'all. Hopefully nobody goes JPP 7.5 and blows off a couple of fingers during the Independence Day celebrations, which usually consist of illegal fireworks. You guys would be uh, surprised that I'm one of the Mexican-Americans that does not partake. But anywho, it's not why I call it, fellas. I'm not sure if that is a surprise, but if you live in Southern California, my my Latino hermanos... They love to light it up on 4th of July and this, this, the, the book ended two weeks of 4th of July, two weeks prior, they get that load in, they get the shit that they ordered and they start popping a few off every night. And then 4th of July happens. And then maybe they get too drunk. Or maybe they just get bored. They still got some shit left over for the couple weeks after that. And they light that shit off usually in the, in the wee hours I've noticed. In the, in the couple, two weeks after 4th of July. I called because, uh, once again, man, as you guys were talking on the old Taco Bell and uh, versus um, Chipotle, and yes, Taco Bell is good, all right? I don't want to hear another word of it. So anyway. Uh, Taco Bell is not good. I'm sorry. I mean, it's okay when you're hung up, when you, it's like, when you feel disgusting because... You drank till three o'clock in the morning and it's the next day and you just need like something to that only a disgusting person would put in their body. Then you get Taco Bell or that night when it's still that night and it's all that's open and it's who cares because you're gross and you don't even notice. Lotto came up and man, you nailed it, Brian. I, I will buy lottery tickets. 
But again, only if you try. My threshold, I believe, is like 150. If I see it's over like 150 million, I'll buy a ticket, right? Totally. I do the same thing. Like I, to catch up. The lottery is stupid and I'm a moron for buying a ticket and I don't normally buy a ticket unless I'm getting, I'm getting petrol in my vehicle and I look over and I see that one of the jackpots and it's always the multi-state ones. So it's like, not that your odds of winning the regular one are any better, but if I see it's over a hundred million to 150, I mean, if I see it's over a hundred, I buy my threshold is a hundred. I think I saw today that the Powerball is like a hundred and something. I don't know what day they draw it. So I might've missed it, but nobody's going to win anyway. So I'll just get the next one. Who cares? But so Manuel heard that and he's, he does the same thing. Um, but yeah, you nailed it. You only buy one ticket. There's like really no reason to buy like 20 or anything like that. So, I mean, Although I have heard of the places where all the office buys like a hundred and then they actually win very rare. And usually in some crazy state like Rhode Island or Vermont, but, uh, anywho, um, the thing about the lottery though, is I actually had a teammate when I played little league who freaking won the lottery. See, There's nothing worse than that. There's nothing worse than having like a lottery adjacent friend or acquaintance where like so-and-so's aunt won the West Virginia state lottery for $7.3 million. And you're like, Oh, that's, I could do that. It's a, it's a, it's a fallacy of logic where something happens near you you think it's possible it can happen to you it's more likely that it's going to happen to you and of course that's just that's just wishful thinking it's not going to hand of god dude needless to say those guys won it never came back never stayed in touch before that they would come over for barbecues and stuff like that and uh man being latin american i don't know if uh Bri Bri knows what's up, but my mom and his mom even sold like uh, cosmetics together for a company called Jafra that was old school, like Mexican and Latin. America. Oh, I know Jafra. That was like an MLM thing back in the day. I remember it. I remember in the 80s, people selling Jafra. Wait, I think it was Jafra. Either or. It was like a, it was like a, um, it was like a uh, Avon type of thing where it was like face creams and, and mascara and stuff. I remember my grandma, my grandmother was Guatemalan. I feel like one of her friends used to wheel and deal with that shit. I think I remember seeing it in her bathroom. American uh, families, but anyhow, yeah. So people do win it, man. Uh, dude scored. Like I said, he was uh, on my team. His dad coached with my dad. They were actually pretty cool before the lotto. After, we never heard from those guys again. Which, hey, man. Hey, good for them. Smart. People come by. It's like it's like malls on my other podcast, Trend Lightly, said, I should not win the lottery because I'd be a sucker for buying people a minivan, and I would. I'd be buying minivans for a lot of people. Similarly, does your friend from Little League in Gardenia, 
who won the lottery, his dad won the lottery, he knew, he moved away. Got the fuck out of there, smart. I don't blame them, they were multi-millionaires, you know, but I know one dude that did kind of keep contact with them, and later on, like, you know, you hear so many times, the family was somewhat in disarray, of course. My buddy had, I guess, become a drug addict, and uh, yes. and they were barely holding on to like a portion of what they had won. Of course, ah, oh, Manuel ran out of time. Manuel, great call. I'm fascinated by that. I saw not that long ago, maybe like three years ago, that somebody had won a big lottery jackpot, and they built like this massive chalet here, like in the local mountains. Like not even, not even like all the way up a mountain, like near the mountains, but on top of a mountain, on top of a hill. And it was this big, like fuck off, like palace with like fucking tons of garages and like, you know, everything like it was like, it was like a full on like drug dealer mansion. And then something, and it was like far from everything. And they probably were thinking when they built it, Hey, I just won the lottery. I can pay cash for this. I know a lot of contractor dudes. I'm going to build this place. Then I'm going to be on top of the mountain. And then the people that want minivans ain't going to be able to get up here and get, get their minivan from me and bother me. But then something, then it, it, and this is what I think about everybody that lives far from shit. It was probably a real pain in the ass to get to Ralph's and Costco. So they were trying to sell it and it was like 20 something million dollars. And it was not in a 20 something million dollar neighborhood. There's no way anybody gave them $20 million for that. There's no, nobody with $20 million to spend on a, on a chalet, a mountain chalet is going to buy one in Redlands or wherever it was. It was like near Big Bear, but not like in Big Bear. It was over there somewhere, somewhere shitty. So it, it, look, lotto people don't make the best decisions. I'm pretty old. So if I won a hundred million, it would take me a while to lose it. I'd, you know, I'd set my kids up. Not too much, but mostly. Manuel, great call. I appreciate that. Okay, here's another one. I'm, I've talked too long. We got a movie to review. Hey guys, it's Drew in Houston. I'm on the backyard line again. Um, Drew in Houston. Great dude. He's out in the backyard. He's barbecuing. He's talking about his Toyotas. Talking about golf, probably. Great guy. So I haven't worked in like, I don't know, five years or so. I haven't had like a real job outside of some consulting stuff. I'm, I'm out interviewing. Flexing. You got six vehicles, Drew? You box most of your life? You got a lot of Bonvoy points? How's that 401k balance? Uh, for uh, with a public company, that needs a turnaround. And the company is based in Utah. They fly me. You could tell you're out of a job. I mean, you're you're flexing. But the cell phone service sucks. It's it's clicking in and out here in the backyard. Out there, take me to dinner. I understand what needs to be done with the company. We sit down for dinner, ask for the you know wine list. They don't want the wine list. They all order sprites. And at that at, at that point, I knew like this is it. I cannot I cannot work with these people. I don't know how people live in Utah and I don't understand that culture, but it's a bad culture fit for me. Sure. Anyway, on to uh, my neighbor across the street is a, uh, a pill mill dock 
and uh, also <laughs> pedals. I like how you just drop that. He's a pill mill doc. Anyway, amazing. Exotic cars. Uh, get home this afternoon and uh, five cops out in front of his house. He's being roughed up by a carjacker. And it's kind of like, I think this might be insurance fraud because, the, you know, there's no weapons involved. I mean, I'm just letting you know that even in the nicest part of Houston, Houston is gangster as fuck. So anyway, I uh, miss you guys. Love the show. Love all the listeners. Absolutely the best. Anyway, I'll talk to y'all soon. See, Goodbye. You miss us. We're here every week. I do three shows. One, this one here with Ed, so you don't have to miss him. But you got me on three different podcasts plus two stereos a week. You can't miss us. I'll tell you what happened there. That's a follow home sitch. If somebody owns a jewelry store and they drive a flashy ass car or they or they didn't even need to drive a flashy ass car. It could be like a C-class Benz. They're going to... There's going to be people that wait outside the jewelry store because they know you're either going to a bank. See, that kind of business, a lot of times you go into a shop like that and you're like, hey, I want to get my wife these diamond earrings that she's going to lose and like not even be bummed about for Christmas. And they're like 1500 bucks. And the, and the jewelry shop, and no shade to this guy. This is the smart play. The jewelry shop guy will be like, yeah, these will be 1500 And he'll go. And you know, if you want to save on the tax, you just pay me cash and I won't charge you tax. Or they'll give you a little discount. They'll go, hey, they'll be like, or 1300 cash. These guys work in cash. Also, gold is... A commodity, right? Gold is something that you can trade for cash wherever you go in the world. If you have gold, someone will give you its value that day in cash. So if you got a jewelry store, people know you're carrying cash and or commodities. They will follow you home and try to fuck you up. Similarly, if you're slanging Vicodin... Or oxycodone, that might be the same thing. Hydrocodone, I don't know. If you're selling pills, if you're a doctor, I'm doing air quotes, and you're slanging pills on the fucking street out of your clinic, pain management clinic, guess what? And you're driving an exotic vehicle, dude, you're going to get jacked at some point. That's what happened. He was, somebody was desperate. And they followed him home to your neighborhood, Drew. Maybe talk to the homeowners association about that. You probably don't have those in Texas, which is good. But maybe you have a chat with this guy. I don't like the element you bring around here. Get your ass a Prius. Drive your fucking Prius to work so people don't know you're some rich-ass doctor coming home to my badass neighborhood, the Woodlands. It's the only rich neighborhood I know in Houston. That's probably where you live. Anyway. Don't miss us, Drew. Love you, buddy. You're a great friend of the show. Okay, one more. Hey, hey, Brian. Hey, Ed. 
It's me. I'm just completely off the cuff coming off of Twitter. This is Guru Stu. I just saw a tweet about this. I didn't I didn't know he'd get in in time. So first of all, I was going to do a bit about Manuel. Or Ma- yeah, Manuel. No, wait, okay, anyway. It doesn't matter because it can be no baller on baller crime. I can't even get the beginning of it straight. Second of all, our DF, our dear, dear friend, Dolomite. And I don't want to listen, but I'm just wondering, is Dola's deal, and I know you're on vacation, Dola, is Dola's deal like the kid who got, um, not Netflix, but what was that file sharing thing that happened? Napster. Yeah, like the kid that got Napster stolen from him when he was on the couch. I mean, did guys somehow fuck over our dear friends like that? And I love you, Bill. I'm not saying anything. You're perfectly fine with hating him. I don't really care. Just, it's, I'm just curious. But I'll be honest, guys. I'm completely lost on this, but I love Stu. Here it goes. So, yeah, I went out with that 50 millionaire because her husband decided to go crazy and do whatever he wanted, which I totally get. We went to a, yeah, she's like, do you want to join a sex club? It was like that Sam Kinison bit, you know, like I'm behind enemy lines now, you know, but, <clears throat> uh, spoiler alert, it's completely underwhelming. It's, you know, it was nice enough. They had themes like old boy in the TikTok. Um, you know, you could bring your own booze. They had dinner. So Dole or Dola, Stu, Stu's been married a few times, but he, He's allowed that he used to be in a relationship with a with a married woman that had that or had a rich husband, and she used to treat him. And he's saying they used to go to like a swingers club. And he's saying, "I'm just translating. You guys probably got this already." He's saying, "Whatever, wasn't that cool?" Dinners and stuff, but it was a big compound, and the different floors had the different levels were different kind of accompaniment. The top floors you could only go to if you were with another with a female. The higher up you went, the fewer people there were, and the more people wanted to be involved in your own business. Like like me fucking in front of you is not enough. You need to like they're like they're tapping on you, like they want to dance with you. Well, they they want to get in. You're supposed to share. Share the wealth. It's fucking weird. And I didn't know it would be weird until I got there, but it's weird. The whole goddamn thing, you know, like, I'm the fucking party. I don't need to be here. And every, it's like high school. It's so fucking high school. It was super off-putting, but, you know, we did it for like six months. Anyway, love you guys. Dola, or why do I keep saying Dola? Because he's mentioned Dola. Stu. Stu Swang. You got a Swang on. Stu has, has mentioned that he's, he had a physician tell him that he had a large piece he was had a, a medical professional complimented the size of his dong so i imagine Stu was pretty popular in the swingers club that is my that is my understanding that if you're slanging it big time that's your number one on the dance card okay guys thanks for everybody that called in well, one quick voicemail then we'll jump into the movie actually you know what I'll say, I'll, or email. I'll save the email for next week. Maybe there'll probably be a few more by then. We'll do emails next week. Uh, next week, by the way, we're doing, we're, we've already done it. We reviewed the movie Tin Cup with very popular friend of the show, Travis Rogers. And I think that's a popular movie amongst the, the middle aged white demographic that mostly listens to this show. Um, it's, was not what I was expecting at all. I mean, it was awful, but it was not. It was just a different kind of movie than I thought. Um, so check out 
Independence Day. I hope you like it. Caleb Wilson's one of my favorite guests that we have. I think he brings a completely unique and interesting perspective. I love having him on the show. Um, check out Independence Day. Give us your thoughts. Mailbag at theballerlifestyle.com. 949-464-TBLS. We love you guys. Listen to the movie review, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye. So we're talking about the, with the, in, in remembrance of the holiday and observance of the July 4th holiday in celebrating our nation's independence. Today, we're discussing the 1996 alien invasion epic Independence Day. Ed Daly is here as always. Ed, what's up? Hey, I uh, it was the closing credits where I realized this wasn't part of the Bruckheimer family. I thought for sure it was. Uh, yeah. No, I know. It seems like it would be. Um, we are also joined by a good friend of the show. You guys have heard him here many times, Caleb Wilson. Caleb, what's up? How's it going, guys? What, what, hey, was, the, Caleb. what was the last movie you reviewed with us? Was it Commando or Cocktail? Uh, it was Commando, and it's funny that you mentioned that while we were kind of getting set up here. I just <laughs> – do you remember like my biggest gripe with that movie, What if you remember the conversation, was how he fell out of the airplane, and I was really pissed off about how that just happened, and then the movie moved on, with, and I was just was stuck on it. Yeah. Literally, as we were waiting uh, for Ed to get on the, the call here, I'm reading an article about how a woman – fell two miles out of an airplane and walked away from it. So I guess I'm wrong. I was wrong. Completely wrong about that. See, I saw that headline, but I'm like out of free articles. So (laughs) So we should think that that's totally normal, right? Like falling out of an airplane for two miles. That's, that's just not a big deal anymore. It's just, it happens. Now, did she actually fall out of the airplane or did she crash land? Cause I've, well, yeah. Uh, Lightning hit the airplane and it like ripped yeah. a hole in the fuselage and her seats got ripped out. So she was still, she doesn't remember, I think is what I was, I didn't finish it cause you know, whatever, but right. she was still in her seats as she rem- recalls, but she woke up and she doesn't really remember how she got down there. So, I mean, are we buying this? Cause Close it happened enough. a long time. We're so, buying, we're buying this more so, than the guy that got swallowed by the whale yeah, recently. Right. Caleb, we just talked about, I mean, the, there's so many stories just documenting the guy who got swallowed by the whale. Are right. we are we supposed to believe all this or I mean, I just we just, funny we're just about, taking people for their word now? It's just funny to me that like how many people believe that guy? Like, oh yeah, dude, my sister totally saw it. That's such a fucking bullshit answer. Like we believe that this guy got swallowed by a whale, right. but like for years people in the cities have been saying, actually cops are like beating the shit out of us and <laughs> They took a test. They're not, they're professionals. Right. <laughs> right. Right. What, think, what are they supposed to do? They can't just not beat the fuck out of people in the street. It's a hard job. Okay. Uh, yeah. Stressful. Humpback whales are pretty big, but I, I mean, if they were going to be swallowing people they, by accident, they would do it like all the time. Yeah. That's never happened before in history, but that, that's just like a something of like somebody in like seventh grade would say to like try and sound cool in front of a girl. You know what I mean? No, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got yeah. Yeah, I got, like, yeah. yeah. just like he got a hand yeah. job at summer camp. Yeah. Like he, it's <laughs> it, just yeah. in the same breath. 
kind right, of stuff. Right. I was diving. I saw this huge lobster, and I was totally going to get it. I didn't. A whale swallowed me. It was this whole thing. I was inside of it. Yeah. Unbelievable. Okay. We're talking about Independence Day. I need to apologize to the audience and to my co-host and my guest because we had this whole list of movies. And there were some good ones on there, but I'm like, let's do Independence Day because it's insane, it's right? And it's and it and it fits the holiday. It's topical, but I hadn't seen it since 1996, and it is so much worse than I was picturing. I pictured it like more. I don't know. I don't know what I was picturing, but it's it's much worse than I thought. So I apologize for making you guys sit through it and. I I don't apologize to the audience because now because now because of us you guys don't have to sit through it. I've, no. I've saved you from having to watch it. Um, let's play. Well, hang on, hang hold on. on. Okay, hang on. yeah. I'm going to interject here. Okay, please. This do. This is my my fourth time coming on reviewing a movie with you guys, and yeah. thank you for that. Yeah. And I've been a cynical piece of shit and hated all the other movies we reviewed together. This time, yeah. Maybe it's because I quit drinking, but this time I watched the movie yeah. and I enjoyed it. I loved it. Oh. I haven't seen the. I saw this like you guys. The last time I'd seen it, I was, I was like that summer in yeah. theaters or whatever. I was like summer after I finished third grade or whatever. Yeah. And I thought it was wow, great, was but adult. I just never yeah. really like watched watched it since. Right? Because yeah. why would you? But I watched it and I was like, oh shit, this actually kicks ass. It's funny. It's funny because all the movies that you've. Um, reviewed with us before you claim to have hated but i specifically recall every time you came on you're like yeah i just finished watching it for the fifth time so i should be ready to <laughs> i watched it all well, uh, all morning dream. and all last night i watched uh, all the fast and furious movies yeah we did I- we did fast five and you're like, well, just to brush up, I'm going to watch every Fast and Furious movie. And I'm like, oh, I don't think that's necessary. But then then no, I needed the deep lore. Dude. Well, it kind of helped because we didn't realize that the fast world is out of sequence. It is. Yeah. So you had to kind of explain to it's us con- the fast <laughs> timeline, which we wouldn't have known without you. We would have just been like it's a complicated cinematic universe. Yes. Man. Very. Yeah, there was lots of corrections. He's like, oh, no, no, no. You, yes. you don't understand. Yes. Or yes. this guy had a whole whole backstory where he got pancreatic cancer. Yes. And you're like, what? What? Yeah. No. He had to race to raise money for his meds. I specifically remember you watch uh, Commando several times. Yeah, a couple times. Yeah, I, I was you know I was drinking and stuff too, but I was like taking notes and shit. And yeah, you know, just imagine like then I, I should go back and look at those. I have them in my Google Docs. So professional. Just, well, nobody isn't ever it weird that? Yeah. But isn't it weird? This isn't Michael Bay and Bruckheimer. Like, doesn't it, is, it feel like it has to be is, the same? This is Dean, this is Dean Devlin, and I believe this is and Roland Emmerich, and it's like it all they ever did. So they made the same movie like multiple times in just different capacities because they did like okay, so the this snowstorm one, yeah, the day after tomorrow. So like oh. this guy, this movie. It, strip it to its very base essence. This movie is like a love letter to the 1970s disaster movies. That's what they were trying to do instead of like an alien type movie. And that's why it's interesting. That's actually how this movie got its name, Independence Day, because uh, Tim Burton was doing Mars Attacks. And he's like, well, we got to get out this movie out before that, because if there's a parody that comes out right before this, no one's going to take this seriously. Yeah. So instead, they shot for the release date of 
uh, summer, Independence Day, and that they actually had Independence Day as a working title, and they're like, oh, we'll come up with something better later, and they just didn't. So, oh, because it is so uh, – to me, it's – this. so this is well before 9-11, and it's like yeah. our – you know, we as Americans – not me, but I'm just putting myself in that group – um, we love to fucking jerk off to the military. We're like, oh, the military makes me so hard. And back, you know, in 1996, the, the Cold War was oh, the over. The military rocked. We were still all about that. We loved yeah, the, we loved the military, and we had nobody to fight. You know, we hadn't. We had our friends Saudi Arabia hadn't knocked down um, two of our buildings in New York City yet. So we there were no bad guys left. So we're but we still had to have the most badass military. So we're like, let's go, let's fucking blow up outer space people because that's how we know we're the most bad motherfuckers in the world. And that's why you could never make this movie today. No. Like it just would not work. And that and just I think that there's like baked into movies for the last twenty years. Well maybe since nine eleven post nine eleven, especially post twenty sixteen, there's like this cynicism and i would even at the risk of getting crucified for this thing like performative wokeness like baked into a lot of even like mega blockbuster movies like yes this This movie yes why i liked it is it's stupid as fuck but it doesn't apologize for what it is and it like it trusts the audience with like trope after trope after stereotype just to let you like suspension of disbelief is on it, and it's funny too because it kind of it's one of those movies that of course relies on special effects you know it's just sure. the, the script is stupid the story's dumb but it's just like get to the next special effect and the thing is it was so badass when it came out and now the cgi is so bad it was such a big deal Hey, we're about to see the White House blown up yeah. and this and that. <laughs> yeah. And it's that was weird. controversial at the time. Yes, yeah. It was. yeah, it's weird how it, about almost exactly five years later we saw something for real get destroyed. Like a well, major. Well, that's what it is. Yes. Like that the the big scene where they're destroying like all the major metro areas of the world. It's like it's like five minutes of like destruction and and death of like CGI porn. Yeah, well, it's yeah. not. So here's the thing about that, though. It's not necessarily all CGI. This was like one of the last movies to really make like real models, like the White like House mini was, sets. Yeah. yeah, and they actually blew up a couple of like <laughs> mock White Houses or whatever, you know, to get that kind of look. I mean, you know, it, it's corny, and they mixed it with CGI certainly, but I don't know. It's like you just don't see that anymore. So I kind of admired it in that like hokiness, but like I don't know, like you can't now that. Uh, you know, not to use 9-11 as just like the North Star for this entire episode, but like now that Western audiences, Americans in particular, have seen what buildings collapsing and destruction like that looks like on a massive scale, you watch this again and it's like, Jesus, dude, like that that can't happen. Like you can't make a movie like that. Like you can't have five minutes of no. major metro airs getting like decked and then just be like, fuck, yeah, that's so fucking sweet. You know, you just can't do it anymore. So Right, because we're, it's too – Seen possible it, now it's dark yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like oh no that could really happen because this is yeah. i mean this is kind of a uh uh it kind of is terrorism right these are this these are foreign enemies and they don't other than the fact that they don't we never learn what their objective is i guess to steal our natural resources 
Because there is. Yeah, I mean, it's vaguely explained. Yeah. Here's another thing. <laughs> if, if you, the listener at home, would like to know more about the Independence lore, Independence Day lore, you have two options. You can watch the director's cut, and you can also watch the 2016 sequel, Independence Day Resurgence. Neither are very good. I mean, the director's cut, the original script for this was so bad. It's remarkable that they got the movie that they did out of it. Like the like the the original script had like an extra forty five minutes of Randy Quaid and his family. I mean that's really like what it was. Like the worst, most stupid, unnecessary part. Randy Quaid, like he's an albatross around the neck of this fucking script. Well, just awful. It's there's not really any his real life transformation is pretty cool (laughs) like watching his scenes and then knowing where he is in 2021 is is very interesting but i didn't pick up on that until today i was like i wonder what these actors are up to and i was kind of checking them out online in their twitters and stuff and i saw randy quaid i was like oh my god oh yeah he's he's up to it yeah he's he's doing great he's off he's just getting into character now he is but you know in the it's it's insane that there's a director's cut where there's more Randy Quaid because there's really no point in having him in the movie until the very end. The absolute end when he spoiler alert when he you know kamikazes into the the ship or whatever. Yeah. And like I think when they finally got the script done, they were just like, okay, we have a good forty minutes of of fat that we can chew off of this one guy yeah. who really it's he does so he does like the han solo thing in a new hope where he comes back and saves the day but it's randy quaid and he's drunk and it's just it's just all just truly truly remarkably it's, bad it's really bad and what's well there's a a, a lot of these in this movie At, in 1996 <laughs> randy quaid was a good actor but he's right. he, he was like the he was the draw like bill pullman he, even will smith it was yes whatever Eric yes Adam, you know those guys mattered he but he's he's ostensibly horrible in this movie. His performance is terrible. And I realized like all the guys are kind of hamming it up because there's a scene where Jeff Goldblum gets drunk and Jeff Goldblum is a fantastic actor. And and I'm watching him and I'm like, Oh my God, he's being so bad. And you can't help but think they're like, what what the fuck? I'm getting a paycheck. Nobody's going to remember I was in this Judd Hirsch is doing like this over the top Jew. Imp- he's doing like yeah. Jackie Mason, Jew face. Yes, it's so it's so bad. And Bo- Bill Pullman, I mean, he's kind of a lightweight anyway. But they give him all sure. the monologues, and they're just horrible. I mean, it's just, just no, corny. There's no good performances here. Let me pl- let me play the trailer, and then we can get into it a little more. Sounds good. Hold on. That's not the trailer. That's a clip. Let's try again here. One thing that's interesting when you do these trailers is certain eras, they're very visual. And other eras, it's the guy who's like, this group needs to do this and it'll explain everything. I miss that guy. Some yeah. trailers are terrible. Yeah, this one's You just gonna, don't even know what the hell the movie's about. This, yeah. This one's gonna be bad. I mean I could have watched it beforehand, but you know, come on. So hold on, the, this is a clip from the beginning. This is how the movie starts. Right? And the it's the most ham handed uh music 
Yeah, except yeah, in the in I the, love that song. Fuck you guys. In the movie, no, but it's, of course they're gonna play everything. One, every, I mean, yes, it appeared in the movie Real Genius. Yes, and I get it. But like they, this is a movie about the end of the world, and the first thing you hear is that song. Well, in the, there's a lot. If you guys want to get into it as we go over the script, there's a lot of little subtle references like that that we can. Oh, I want those. I want all this. So the in yeah. the movie, it's. REM, it's the end of the world. And in the trailer, it's Tears for Fears, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Still, I mean, easily, like, pick anything well, even else. The, even the oh, advertising right. was really the kind of, like, over the top because if you guys, I don't know if you guys remember this, but I remember seeing the first, like, poster for this. I, I grew up, my house was, like, right next to a movie theater, and that was, like, my safe place or whatever. So I just went there all the time. I remember the first time I saw the poster for this, I was like, oh, shit, it was so ominous. It was... Uh, around Christmas time, it was enjoy your Christmas. It'll be your last. Wow! <laughs> like, wow! They really leaned into the end of the world thing. Like you know, it, it was it, it was a little over the top in hindsight. You're, but when I was in third grade, I was like, oh no, what's going to happen? <laughs> well, I mean, I watched it when I was twenty, and I felt the same way. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you're twenty, you still fall. But you're right; it was the REM song. It wasn't yeah. this song. Yes, but it's it would, but. But you're like, this is going to be a movie about the end of the world. And then the first thing you hear is it's the end of the world as we know it. Yes. I was like, ah, oh, yeah. On. And it's always and it's always like that one guy. It's the kid in the Hawaiian shirt putting golf balls. That's like he's the one that's watching out for the planet in the middle of the night. Right. Yeah. You should listen to this. This better not be another damn Russian spy job. Boys from air traffic red say the skies are clear. It's the real thing. A radio signal from another world. Are you and then they're way too excited about that, by the way? Like, I'd be shitting my pants. I'd be like, oh no, they're coming to kill us. Like they're gonna they're gonna blow us up. They're not they're like, all yeah, right. You're not excited. Like if no. you like in that part of the movie, if I recall correctly, they're like, oh, it's 350 kilometers. Like, hang on. Yeah. If you find a source, like a, a signal like that, that's that close to the earth, you're it's not over. like. It's over. Yeah, you, exactly. Yeah. You're not having fun. You're no. scared. No, you're terrified. Our intelligence tells us the object has settled into a stationary orbit. Part of it is broken off into nearly three dozen other pieces. Smaller than the whole, sir. Yet over 15 miles away themselves. Where are they heading? Should be entering our atmosphere within the next 25 minutes. Let's just get there as quickly as possible. What's the rush, huh? Think we'll get to Washington and won't be there? Mm. It is confirmed. The unexplained phenomenon is headed for Moscow. It's like a chess. First, they're positioning their pieces using this one signal to synchronize their efforts. And then what? Checkmate. God. I really don't think they flew 90 billion light years to start a fight. We've got to stop them! They're going to kill us all! God, I hope they bring back Elvis! There's going to be a lot of frightened people out there. Yeah? I'm one of them. Oh, yeah. 
They lasered the fucking White House, the Capitol building. Oh, yeah. They got lasers. How come they never got some shit we've never seen before? It's always lasers. I mean, it's over. Wouldn't there be mass suicides? Like, everybody would be killing themselves. Anything you want to add to this briefing, Captain Hiller? No, sir. Just a little anxious to get up there and whoop E.T.'s ass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Will Smith's sassy. But you a have a su- fighter subtle pilot dig pilot at Steven Spielberg, by the way. Oh, it is? Oh, eat oh, whip E.T.'s ass. Yeah, so they had, like, this dick wagon thing about whose aliens were, were scarier. I don't know. They, they were, like, frenemies, I guess. Yeah. I, I was reading about it a little bit. Yeah. But there, there's a couple shots at Steven Spielberg in there. And he Steven Spielberg actually uh, postponed his adaptation of War of the Worlds uh, till, what, 20, 2004 or five something like that, because he knew that Emmerich was making this. Um. Wow. So that's a that's a real. It sounds like Emmerich wagged his dick a little bit harder, a little bit and bigger. There's a, well, and then yeah, I mean Spielberg, uh, he 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 decided to sweep the leg later. I mean he, who, who knows who Roland Emmerich is? If you like have a social life, you know what I mean. It's true. It's true. Uh, one thing I noticed about this, there's you you pretty much have two choices for aliens in movies. There's the HR Geiger looking alien from the aliens. Big, big eyes. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the, and there's the contact alien with the big eyes and th- this movie's got both. You got, you got the predator, right? And then, right. and then spoiler alert, they, they dissect the predator and inside the predator is like a mini version of the contact alien with the big eyes. Yeah, it's just like NASA. You cut open the suit, and there's just a dude in there. Right. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Yeah, it's he's wearing a suit, but it's like what's like. There's not a lot of creativity. Like you have, all, you spend all this money making this, you know, groundbreaking movie, and it's and you still have uh, the contact alien inside of the predator. It's like come up with something. <laughs> at least ET. ET was in the '80s. They couldn't. They didn't have great special effects. But at least you know you never saw an alien that really looked like ET. Although I guess he's kind of close to the contact one. Um. What else? So the, it's, the to me, the whole thing. It's like so casual. They're like, oh fuck. There's a, a unidentified thing, and it's like just right behind the moon, which is like barely, it's like barely off the coast. It's like right there. You know, what's, you know, what's weird is so the, the beginning, excuse me, the beginning of the movie, it's that these aliens have shown up this, these UFOs, these giant things hovering over cities and you're not sure what to make of them, but then it becomes more and more ominous. But it's weird that in almost in recent weeks, we've gotten like a, a dump data dump of they're like, yeah, there's some UFOs and I, and, and there's like a collective shrug from everybody. It's yeah. like, you know what? We've been through I got so bigger much fucking problems. We've man. got so much shit on earth right now. Like we've had, we've had people just internally destroying everything we thought was going on in our world and our country. It's, it's weird. It's it. And I'm, I'm, I was never super fascinated with UFOs and aliens, but I think 1996 me would would have cared much more about the news yeah. that has come out recently. Nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody cares about the fact that like yeah. they're We're like also yeah, there are UFOs. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just there's enough shit going on. Like I see Jeff Bezos 
talking about flying to the moon with somebody who paid $28 million to do it. And to me, like, that's the the, the outer space shit that aggravates me. Like, does okay, it so they're opposed. Like, what's you worse than that him? Does it bother you guys at all that the world's richest people are all spending their extra money to try and find ways to get the fuck off this yes. planet? Yes. At all? Yeah. Does that yes. bother you? Like, yeah. It does. To me, like, all of that is way – just weighs much heavier on me than, like, the fact that there could be some sort of UFO or some, you know, some alien come to Earth. To me, like, we we stare at uh, at the news every every day and we see – specifically Bezos and Elon Musk types. And that's like the crazier thing to me. Like I, I just, I've, I've not cared whatsoever about, you know, former military people being like, Oh yeah, we saw UFOs and like, we have no idea what it is or where it came from. I, I, it's just weird. People used to give a shit about that stuff and we don't now. I mean, some people do to me, it feels like misdirection. Like if they were really, you know, this fucking, Tic Tac object. We can't figure out what it is. They're not. They're not sharing that with the masses unless they want you to not be paying attention to whatever the fuck else they're doing. Oh, absolutely. I just think that. It, okay, so I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I've been like a psychotic UFO guy for my whole life. No, absolutely not. That I you know yeah. believe in necessarily. I just love. I've loved all that stuff my whole life. Yeah. I. Do I believe it's aliens? Uh, you have to show me some pretty remarkable evidence yes. for that. But I just think that whatever they're doing, whether it's some sort of Lockheed Martin death works bullshit that they're doing or not, I just think that we have everybody in the world has a really good camera in their pocket yes. now. So they kind of have to like admit right. that there's something. Right. So I think what's going to happen in this report that's coming out, there's some like, yeah, don't know what it is. And that's that. And all these like guys with ponytails and body types like California raisins like me. Yeah are going to be really upset when the government doesn't actually tell us anything. Oh yeah. They're definitely not like the, 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 the aliens that visit don't just exclusively hang out near military Navy vessels. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm really buying into this, but in 1996, yeah. Oh, we would have been going crazy. The word, the word Roswell got people really buzzing and these days we're just getting data dumps where they're like, yeah, there were 1400 different cases where we didn't yeah. see. We're going to get a data dump like, in the yeah, next six months where like yeah. a senator had like it was like a sex pest to an alien. Yeah. Person, but yeah, I, I knew it the whole saw time. It, saw it covered. I, I could tell it's, it. Saw it's it covered. Weird. Chuck it's Schumer's weird. a pervert. <laughs> that I, that I, I still believe. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's the hair plugs. Uh, yeah, so that's, it's like the aliens come, and in this movie, it's kind of to Ed's point. This was 1996, and the aliens come, and they're like, they do that thing where they're like, call the Secretary of Defense. And then they're like, well, then just wake him up. You know, and it's like, oh, I haven't seen that line before. But then it's like, the president's like chilling, eating breakfast, you know, Elizabeth Perkins. Very yeah. President. yeah, Elizabeth he's very, Perkins he's a is kind, there. kind, sweet man. Yes. Not, so I, I posted this on Twitter, a thread about this, but like of all the things that were unbelievable to me about this movie, the fact that Bill Pullman played a president that was kind and gentle and wasn't a sex pest and had a good relationship with his family, like that was like, no, this movie, no, nope. Not believable to me. Yeah, it's yeah. A lot of it wasn't. Uh, yeah, he's got a young kid. His wife 
is away for some reason, but they're just like, uh, I guess, I guess we better call him. And they call him on the phone. Like, wouldn't somebody be busting into the residence and be like, we got to go. We got to be in the fucking situation room or the fucking safe thing under the ground or whatever. Fly you to Wyoming, but we got to go. So and then the whole time, everybody's just like so casual about it. People like it's hovering. the, The ships are like hovering. Right. There was when the when the uh, lasers just started going off, there was a guy in the background in New York that was like just fucking filing like everyone's evacuating and this dude's trying to file. That is what just cucked. That guy is cucked. Totally cucked. Harvey Firestein is driving his Taurus in Manhattan and he wants he's he's calling his therapist. He played played a kind of over the top guy. Yeah. Yes. It was weird to me. Like Harvey Firestein, I think of subtleties. And and it was interesting to see him play like a very over the top guy. Way over the top. I liked it, Frank. I liked all. I like how all all the characters really were kind of over the top. Well, yeah. Maybe it's just because like I don't know all the stuff that I've been watching for the last ten years is just so dark and cynical. Even like the mega blockbusters are just so you know whatever. So you go back and just like it's like a palate cleanser. So I guess it didn't bother me. But he, he in particular was just so over the top. It was funny, or like. I got to call my lawyer and then he says, oh, forget my lawyer. But you can tell it's totally an overdub of, oh, fuck my lawyer. And then they decided to go for the PG-13 rating. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like total (laughs) like that again. You could totally tell he was saying, fuck my lawyer. He was doing like a borscht belt shtick. Like everybody was like, how old is he in this movie? Oh, dude, let's Judd Hirsch. Let's let's find out. Judd Hirsch, he was on Taxi. He's been in a lot he, of he things. He was playing like divorced dad in the seventies in Taxi, right? Yeah, like he was like forty yes. something. Yeah, you'd think. I yeah, thought we're talking about Harvey, by the way. Sorry, I didn't realize we were talking about. Judd well, Hirsch. we could talk about both of them because they're they're both yeah, yeah, they yeah. both might shock us. Judd Hirsch, he, and I'm just looking at credits. You weren't making that up. There really was an Independence Independence Day sequel. I didn't even know that. It's Caleb, oh, yeah, 2016. Caleb texted me last night, like, which one are we watching? And I was like, there's two? I didn't know. there, And, and I watch a shitload of movies. We watch a lot of movies. I didn't even know it existed. Uh, okay. I watched it. It's. We'll get to the. We'll talk about that later. It's a. It's dog shit. It's one of the worst movies ever made. I would make that argument. So this. I love yeah. it. Of course you watched it. Just like you watched X versus Sever when we just wanted to watch the first Fast and the right, Furious. Right. That's that's it. Yes. <laughs> You're, uh, you're a guy who goes deep dive. No, he knows he's he's throws himself into his work, which I appreciate, which is why we like having him on. Uh, okay, guys, Judge Judd Hirsch, how old was he in 1996? How old is this fucking guy, Ed? So he's playing, he's playing a, uh, like an old Jewish guy in his 80s. I'm gonna say he's 77. But he's playing it like eighty-five. Uh, Caleb Wilson, your thoughts? Ed Daly's got seventy-seven on Judd Hirsch in 
No, yeah. I don't think he's that old. So I know for a fact that they actually had to use makeup to make him look older. I read that. Uh-huh. Well, you're I a little too in the know here. Yeah. 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 So I'm not going to say that. I would probably, I'd peg him at like, let's say, let's say, let's say 55. 55. Wow. Going no, no, low. No, 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 60. Put him at an even 60. 60 years old. Um, well, Caleb Wilson pretty much nailed it and ruined the game. Uh, he was he's born nineteen thirty five, so he was oh, he would have so been. He didn't even price is right. It he he nailed it. Yeah, yeah, he would have been sixty when they shot sixty one when the movie came out. That's um, I mean, George Clooney is sixty one right now. Well, he uh, plays Judd like an George. ancient yeah. He's, he plays a, like an ancient Jewish guy who yeah. plays chess in the park. Okay, let's well, yes, well, yeah. Ed, you live up in the you live up in in the, in the Northeast. There's probably guys yeah. like that. Yeah, they're, they're doing. Yeah, this, this. and they're all eighty five. Yes, Har, uh, Harvey Firestein. I'll take your bets there, Caleb. You go first. Harvey Firestein, renowned gay man. I don't know why his voice is like that. I don't know if he was injured or he was just born like that. He's a playwright. He's an actor. Harvey Firestein. How fucking old is he in this movie Independence Day? Um, I'm going to call I'm going to go with 45. 45 years old. He looks pretty old. I mean, you're guessing young there, but I'll, I get I get uh, weird. With that voice. He's living. Here's the thing. He's living. He's lived a hard life. You don't have a voice like that if you lived both holy. If you had a whole life. Yeah, you'd you'd have to live hard to to smoking, drinking. His yes. voice is like that because he's puking all the time. Yes, hungover. Yeah, gastro. I would have guessed double nickel. Double fifty five. Yeah, I would have been right in there on the fifty five years old born. June 6, 1954. That would have made him 42 when the movie came out. Or I'm 45 right now. Yeah, I'm 46. I don't feel older than this. You look far better than he did. Yeah. Whatever that's worth. He's four years younger than I am now when this movie comes out. And I, and again, I wouldn't encourage anybody to watch this movie. He's a hard life, dude. Yeah. So, so one thing, one thing about this movie, let's do Bill Paul. Well, no, he looked young. Uh, By the way, Goldblum, I mean, he looks more or less the same same. now as he did then. And he looked great then. Yeah. No, that's a good looking dude. Now he's, he's a true coxman. Well, he so he's fifty two. He's born nineteen fifty two. So he would have been. Well, I mean, he's this. He's a little bit older than Harvey oh, Firestein. He he's, uh, he oh, looks a million times older than Firestein. So he would have been. He would have been forty four at the time. And his and and what's his name? Judd Hirsch is playing his dad at sixty one. He looked like thirty two tops in that movie. Yeah, he no, he's younger looks, than I am. Yeah, he looks good. good looking. Guy. The guy. It's great. Hey, wait. I think, I think did, it's all the did, pussy. Did they cast? Yeah. Did they cast? Or did they like they write in the cast? Let's get Keanu Reeves, and they're like, all right, we're just gonna get dollar store Keanu right. Reeves to play yes. Randy Quaid's yes. oldest son. Yes. I mean, he, he was exactly Keanu Reeves in that, like the, the what he was trying to do. Yeah, he had a little JGL, but I guess JGL would have been a kid. At the time, jo- yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He, he was doing that uh, that Lithgow uh, alien show. This movie, oh right, Third Rock from the Sun. This um, this movie had like 
every fucking character actor you could ever think of. Like Robert. That's Ro- the thing. Yeah. That's why it works. They were all yeah. character actors. Yeah. So it was terrible. I, but they all I loved Jave, James Reborn. Rebhorn. Rebhorn. Yeah. The, he he was a great character actor. He was in the game. He was in Meet Meet the Parents. He he was in everything. He's anything for, where for they like need a like a, a quintessential bad guy. Yeah, he whenever they awesome. need like a fucking CIA guy or somebody to steal right. somebody's dog or something, he's there. The Robert Loja, and it was weird because we were talking about doing Scarface, and Robert Loja plays the heavy yeah, in Scarface. Scarface, Speech Lamano, yes, do you, yes. Do you Wonderful. think Harvey Firestein took? Robert Loja aside, and he's like, "Buddy, you gotta you gotta take care of your voice box a little bit." <laughs> <laughs> also, Robert Robert Loja and the other general that was like his partner, the Joint Chiefs or whatever, was yeah. uh, was um, Kevin Arnold's dad from Growing No Growing Wonder Years. Dan, Dan Loria. Dan Loria, who we've determined he's looks much older than he actually is. Um, I liked one thing I liked about this movie is that the um, the racial stereotypes were not overplayed. So it's uh, Judd Hirsch is like the over the top Jew. Vivica A. Fox is a stripper, an unmarried stripper with a that's trying to get um, Will Smith to marry her and adopt her kid. And then uh, Bill Pullman's like the real sane white guy with the long speeches that's there to save the day. I kind of feel like, like they tried to, to separate the plot into like – so I know we're talking about how this is like hoorah America stuff, but I think that we're not giving Roland Emmerich enough credit. Like if you read about what he wanted to try and do is like – okay, so you've got uh, you've got Will Smith who plays kind of the working class soldier guy. You've got kind of the upper middle class Jeff Goldblum guy. Then you've got Bill Pullman who plays – you know, the president, right? Yeah. So you got three different, I got analysis from three different perspectives and that was very intentional. Uh, you know, I think that kind of got cut out of in all the independence day, raw America bullshit, like these different people from different backgrounds. And you'll notice that in a lot of Roland Emmerich's movies that he tries to get that in like the day after tomorrow when he had the, the homeless guy teach <laughs> all those fucking Upper East Side shitheads how to insulate themselves with newspaper when the world froze over or whatever. If you ever, if any of you guys saw that movie. It's like a common thing for him. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I think, you know, and if you read about w- what he said about that, like, they he kind of got pegged as, like, this super patriot, whatever kind of dude, but he's actually not that bad, and, like, the studio... Here's a, here's a fun fact. The studio did not want Will Smith as, as the lead in this right. movie. Right. Well, he hadn't done anything so yet. So he was just yeah. the Fresh Prince, yes. right? Yeah. And that was it. it. That yeah. was it, and uh, Roland Emmerich fought to get him. He actually threatened, to, as, as I read, he threatened to walk away. The script was originally given to Ethan Hawke. Can you imagine wow. what movie that would have been? Well, Emo, Alien. Yeah, it would have it oh been, like, Back God. to the Future with Eric Stoltz. It would uh, yeah. Different kind of movie. I will say, I will say that I'm I'm not a fan of Will Smith. Just very blowhardy, but he's got star power. Oh, you yeah. can it's see very charismatic. When this when this movie comes out, like you could just see he's he's got it. Like he, he it was obvious this when this movie came the out. World, right? yeah. He yeah. was he was the guy. Yeah, and, and it's not that I've ever really liked him and and anything, but like. It showed that he he was clearly the next 
at the time, $20 million a movie kind of guy. Right. Like, right. he was clearly that. Oh, totally. Well, that and, and, like, yeah. if you're going to do, like, a a movie that's all about stereotypes, tropes, and, like, quips and, and, and like, memeable lines, I guess, for lack of a better term, what better guy to get than Will Smith? Like, Roland Emmerich actually was, was right on the money about that. Will Smith was the guy for a corny-ass one-liner zinger movie, for sure. That's what made it work. Oh, oh, totally. And it's, I mean, it was borne out because I think until like a couple years ago, Will Smith did not, was not in a movie that wasn't a massive hit. Like everything yeah. he ever did turned to gold until like recently. Yeah. He started, he, he went in on the DC uh, cinematic universe and now he, yeah, everything's right. right. Um, I Which forgot. Is funny because a little, little fact, he actually turned down the sequel of this to be in Suicide Squad. Oh, really? Oh, I remember hearing about that. Yeah. Yep. Um, I forgot my favorite uh, character actor portrayal in this movie. The, the president's chief of t- staff is played by Robert Pine, Sergeant Cotrere from Chips. Chris Pine's dad. Chris Pine's dad. So this guy. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. Yeah, this guy does Jesus. some work. Yeah. Um, I, something I thought was interesting where they're like, all right, the um, you know, the aliens are here. They're fucking hovering over Chicago and New Orleans and L.A. and I don't know. We don't know what they're up to, but they're uh, they're communicate. They've determined that they're communicating with each other. Whatever they're they're planning something, and they're like, "What are we gonna do?" Fifty percent of the military is off for the holiday. Yeah. What? So so the aliens like. We're we're paying attention to vacation schedules. Which we we give fucking half the military the day off on the on the fourth of July. It seems like we need to be on high alert. Nothing from the Tet Offensive. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And when we when we first meet Will Smith and Vivica Fox, they do the move where they walk out of the house and they're picking up the paper and they don't notice the biggest thing in the history of time hovering over their city. They're like looking at the paper and they do the double take. Like yes. what? Yeah. What? Hey, Brian, Brian, I got to ask. Yeah. Okay. I just housing prices are a thing that's constantly just vexing me. Where the fuck do they live in that movie? Because so where does a soldier and a stripper, where can they afford to live in that area where they can overlook the city on a hill like so, that. Well, the, that. Does that place even exist? That doesn't exist. So okay, there, because so there, the, he references it a whole bunch of times. He's like, I got to get to El Toro. I got to get to El Toro. El Toro was a Marine base about like 16 miles County, to my it? left. Yeah. It's, okay. and it, and it closed down right about this time and they tried to make it into an airport, but eventually the politicians got in and it's like been a boondoggle ever since, but it's like houses sure. now. So they, it could have been like, they lived in like the inland empire, like Corona Riverside area. And then, cause he's like, I got to get to El Toro. So they made it seem like a drive, but I don't, you know, the Hill part of it was kind of confusing because there's nowhere like that around there. I Googled it and someone said Glen. I don't know enough about the area, but somebody said Glendale. I don't know what that. Yeah, that it could means. be. That's like 50 miles away though. But yeah, he's, you know, he makes the whole time. He's like, got to get to El Toro. Got to get to El Toro. Then they blow up El Toro. And I, I might've passed out for a little while. Cause I didn't, the, uh, was the, was the first lady there like at the base or something? Like what, how did she sustain no, her injuries? She, was that a crash? 
She was on a helicopter somewhere else. She was like in a helicopter, in, yeah, somewhere in California. I don't remember why she was there. It vaguely, so it vaguely referenced it. There's more. It fleshes that out a little bit more in the director's cut, which don't. No, if you're gonna don't, watch it, don't, 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 don't. Wait, why does why does Goldblum know that they're gonna attack? Like, yes, it seems obvious they're going to attack. But he, uh, he was like he, studying patterns. Like, what did he know? He uh, because he the, listened to the, their the, signals. He listened to their signals and saw that they're using our satellites against us. And he also uh, the Morse the the signal actually included Morse code. This is really stupid, and I only know this from the DVD extras. The Morse code or the sound that the ships were making that you hear in the very beginning was Morse code. For the letters D, I, and E. Shut up. <laughs> That's amazing. No, that can't be true. God. Like, I'm telling you, like, if you watch the director's cut, and that, so, so back to Ethan Hawke, he was originally offered, uh, offered the part of Steve, Steve what's left, Steve Hiller, Captain Steve Hiller. And he read that script and he hated it so much that he was driving with his friends and he threw it out his window by his own account. Amazing. Tossed it out the window and said, "Hell no!" Amazing. So if you watch and you if you watch the director's cut, you'll understand why. I mean, there's just more stuff like that. Like they're just for some inexplicable reason, the aliens know Morse code and they're saying die. And anyway, there's that, and then there's the Randy Quaid thing, and like you kind of see it a little bit later in the movie where his son is sick. It fleshes that out for like an extra twenty or thirty minutes that Randy Quaid is sad because his, his son has some. I think autoimmune oh, disorder right. or cancer or something. Dollar store Keanu? Yeah. Or no, it's no, the, the little brother. The, the young one, yeah, yeah. The little baby. Oh, one. right, 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 right. And then it goes more, a little bit more into how he was abducted. It's, it's just legitimately bad. But what it does not do, which was my point, was it does not specify why the first lady was in California, which they very easily could and should have done. Right. And also he gets up in the morning. He's like, what time is it there? 2.30 in the morning. And she's like, I know you're not sleeping. So it's all, it's all very confusing. Why, yeah, why there's a weird thing where he's like, I want you to know I'm sleeping next to a beautiful young brunette. That was, was weird. Like, what? That was weird. It was his daughter. It was his daughter. Dog. That, that was, was weird. The only believable thing about Bill Pullman's character. That was, she, yeah. she knew what he was. T- she knew like the joke he was saying, which is like, that's like a recurring bit in their family. She, disgusting. Right. She wouldn't have been like, Hey, you did this last week and it's disgusting. disgusting. So it gross. It was the nineties. You know, people didn't really think about, I did. Uh, I, 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 spice girls were popular. I, like, anything was in play. I yeah, did. Bill Pullman li- was a big baby spice fan. I did like the part where, um, <laughs> So around this time, like there's, there's fucking, there's flying saucers like hovering and apparently they just hang out and wait till they're ready to blow things up when they could yeah. easily annihilate the planet if they wanted yeah, they to. they stayed for like a day. They were just yeah. like, that's, I kind of like that. They're just flexing on them. Yeah. Dude. We'll just hang they, out here for a while. They made it all that way. And then they were like, you know, we're going to go with human time. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yeah. that's right. Exactly. We came from we came from another galaxy. But Will Smith's like, okay, I got to get to El Toro, and he puts on his like dress uniform. And Vivica A. Fox is looking out the window at a fucking flying saucer that's fifteen miles wide. Right. Their neighbors are loading up their cars and running for where I don't know. Well, she doesn't notice it at first. She's yeah. just looking at the paper. Right there. Well, there's. You know, they want to check the box score and they were like, she, but she's looking out the to window. Fair, it's, it's a girl. She can't be bothered to pay attention. It's the nineties. You know, that's yes. 
but she's not even freaking out that much, but she's kind of freaking out a little. She's like, what the fuck? I don't want you to go. This is crazy. And Will Smith's like, baby, just relax. And then yeah, she's like, like I'm fine. I'm going to go and tell you why there's nothing to worry about. Yes, there's, no, there's a, there's a 15 mile wide <laughs> flying saucer outside of our window. What I didn't Just get relax. was like, he was like, why don't you guys come to the base with me? Yes. But nope. drive separate. Yeah. He had, he had like, I'll, I'll, I'll meet you there. He had, he had to think, <laughs> he had to think of that later. He was like already in the car in his Mustang. And he's like, wait, hold on. Maybe you guys should come too. You think uh, as, as bad as, as bad as this movie is and as bad as the performances are in this movie, we would be remiss if we did not discuss the performance of the I've never seen him in anything else that I can recall. Crooner? The crooner, the New Orleans crooner. Oh, buddy. It's amazing. Who married one one of my favorite childhood Victoria's Secret models. Harry Connick Jr. in in, in a sea of horrific acting. He is, but he is head and shoulders. This the this worst. Would be like, yeah, th- this would be, this would be like this is Elmo versus other child. This is the like the this is Michael Jordan versus other basketball players. Yeah, There's yeah. this is this is so much worse of all the performance in this movie of all the performances. Harry Connick Jr. It's stunning, and what's. You watch the rest of the performances in this movie and you're like, oh, these guys are trying to be bad. And then you watch Harry Connick and you go, oh, he's trying to be good. And he you know, can't. he's sitting in his trailer just yeah. practicing MLK lines. Yeah. He was he was really feeling himself. Uh, yeah, he was really he was really doing he was almost like fighter pilots are the top percentage of human being like physically the hand eye coordination has to be off the charts. You know, um, Ted Williams was a pilot and he flew in both world war two and Korea took time off from his baseball career. And they, they said part of the reason he was such a good hitter was what made him such a good pilot is his vision was just so much better than the average person. He had like 2012 vision or something. But, and you also you have to be highly intelligent. But Harry Connick Jr., he was a moron. He was, he was just actually stupid. And we were supposed yeah. to believe that he was one of the most elite aviators on the planet. He's also kind of a dick, dude. Like he's telling yeah. Will Smith not to marry Vivica Fox. Yeah. He's like, yeah. He's a stripper, well, dude. Yes, yes. Can't do that. Yes. So speaking of that, before she heads to El Toro, while the world is getting invaded, Vivica A. Fox decides, you know what? She goes to work. The Who t- does that? Yeah, the tips are going to be good tonight. People think the world's <laughs> ending. Like, I can't, I could probably make 1200 bucks tonight. I'm going I'm to just, I'm going to head into work. I'm headed into work. At the strip club. Did you guys find that odd? I thought it was I was thinking, dude, okay, I'm gonna get into a weird headspace here, but I was thinking like if you go to work in that time, you don't accept money. 
you're like, okay, dude, I'm, I'm going to spread cheeks for batteries or something. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Canned food. Right. Yeah, it's, bar- exactly. it's barter what time. What are you doing at, what are you yes. doing at work? God, yes. man, that's a that's a very '90s thing. Put, I guarantee you, if they made that movie now, that that scene would not have happened. No, it's insane. It's an insane proposition that anybody would be at a strip club. This is like the guy that bowled the 300 game on 9/11, but much much worse. <laughs> it's it's who would be at the strip club? You know what? The world's ending. I gotta go see some titty. Like it's it's just an insane proposition that that scene would even be and- included. But and it, when she's stripping, I believe there's an American flag in the background. Well, so like it's a very patriotic strip club, probably near the base. That makes that actually makes a lot of sense. No, they're, just, they're that's just marketing, dude. Then we then we see that Jeff Goldblum, who we've who we learned in the chess game. By the way, he had to, he's supposedly the super genius. He's playing chess against his dad. It t- he should have been disqualified for how long it took him to make a move. He yeah. was he's just staring at the board for hours and then he moves one pawn and he's like checkmate and hops on his mountain bike and leaves. Like what took him so long to see like isn't I don't play chess, but in chess you're looking ahead. You're you're seeing you're thinking several steps ahead, but if he had to got, study okay, the whole yeah, board. If you got like if you if if you're that close to checkmate, you already know. Like, of course, you don't sit and, there. and so does your opponent. Your opponent know, is trying to move his he, king out of the way. He's like sea biscuit. He's just waiting for his last move. Yes. He's ready. <laughs> yeah, he could he could have won easily, but he's waiting. Uh what else? oh so Jeff Goldblum swings by the White House and He's like, yeah, dude, I beat the shit out of the president once. No big deal. Yeah, he's he's st- clearly they set up that he's clearly not over his lady, Elizabeth Perkins, his ex-wife. He still wears his wedding ring, pussy. Just dog shit. But then he's got a, uh, uh, some kind of device that can fucking pinpoint her cell phone location inside of a building. So he's like pulls up to the White House. And he's like, hey, come over to the window. And she comes to the window and he's outside waving to her. Hey, this man's a stalker. Oh, absolutely. This is not this is not healthy behavior. To In the 1990s, yes. to be fair, that kind of behavior was considered romantic. That's true. This, Yeah, this is pre-stalker America. Um, what else happened in this movie? Oh, <laughs> we're not even out of act one yet, man. I know <laughs> we, the aliens haven't even attacked yet. So, well, so that's that's a question I have for you guys. The aliens. We we only sort of get their. Their uh, their reasoning that they want and they, they use the natural resources. I, I well, that happens later. But uh, Jeff Goldblum, like. He picks up their code and he's like, no, they're talking. They're using our satellites against us and they're talking to each other and they're telling each other to, to attack in, in 26 minutes or something. And then he's like, we're being exterminated. So my question to you guys is, what's the what are they waiting for? Like, just show up. You're like much more because powerful than we are. Just fucking arrived. blow it up. They arrived on July 2nd. All right. And they're like, you know what? If we're going to make an entrance, we're going to specifically worry about the United States arbitrary date for their uh, 
Independence right, Day. Right. That's there's that's the we reason. We don't care about the rest of the world. Yes. We're just specifically we, we've uh, arrived at this planet, but we can tell the United States is number one, and we're going to wait till their day. That's, that's and, by, yes. and by the way, yeah. you keep saying Elizabeth Perkins, and I googled it. And there's a fierce discussion on IMDb and somebody goes, I noticed they didn't credit her on her filmography. Uh, Jeff Goldblum's ex, wasn't that Elizabeth Perkins? And somebody's like, I thought the same thing, man. I lost five dollars on it. They look exactly alike. It wasn't her. Oh, shit, <laughs> it, was, it? It, it was an Elizabeth Perkins like stunt double. It wasn't her. What the fuck? That's not Elizabeth Perkins? Yeah, I thought it was Elizabeth Perkins. Holy shit, it's somebody called Margaret Collin. Yeah, apparently she was uh, a law and order at some point. She is definitely not Elizabeth Perkins. She looks just like her. She does. She's got the the whole vibe, the cheek. Un- she really looks like her. Unbelievable. Wow. Revelation. There's websites dedicated to the fact that they look alike. Is there is there a truther movement to this? Much like the Shazam Kazam? The uh the is it that they shot this movie? With Elizabeth Perkins, and then they and then they released it, and then something happened, and then they went back and reshot all of Elizabeth Perkins' scenes with the lookalike. Much possible, much like much like um, Paul being barefoot on the cover of Abbey Road because he was he had been replaced by a dead. Yeah, wow, they do look alike. Unbelievable. Uh, So. Viva K.A. Fox, like the world is a wasteland. It's it's like quasi post-apocalyptic. It's basically the road like these guys. People should be murdering and eating each other. They should be killing each other for cans of corned beef. But everybody's just kind of like way too chill about whatever's happening. Like there's not enough burned bodies in the street. Uh, Viva K.A. Fox commandeers a vehicle. Of all the vehicles to choose, she chooses like an old ass fire engine. There's people literally jumping out of their cars and running away. You could you could probably pick up like any vehicle. a fucking badass Land Cruiser or Jeep Cherokee or something that really could do the job and, and also has air conditioning. And she runs the biggest, slowest, shittiest fucking car she can find. Also. Gotta be gotta be difficult to drive. Hey fam, there's still a lot more of this episode to hear, but it's only available to our bonus content subscribers. Click the link in the show notes or go to theballerlifestyle.com and subscribe so you never miss a minute of the show. Say goodbye 
credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.